We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. The same suffering that delivered from sickness and disease delivered from sin. The same that delivered from sin delivered from sickness and disease. It was the same bruises. The price is already paid. For as God's concerned, he sent his word and healed and delivered us. Psalms 107 verse 20 said God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Now notice it didn't say he sent his word to do it. It said he sent his word and did it. It was enough. Now as far as God's concerned, it's finished. But you see, we're still trying to get him to heal us. He's already done it. The word is nigh you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Is what the Apostle Paul said. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you can find it in the word, get it in your mouth and speak it into your heart. It is the title deed. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's rightfully yours. It's already been given. Second Peter chapter 1 says, God hath given. Hath? That's past tense, isn't it? Has given. That's has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So that's already happened. It's not something God's going to do. It's not something we have to talk him into. Like this fellow, the leper, see? He didn't know whether Jesus would or not because no lepers had been healed. We have no record of any lepers being healed at that point. So that was his mental block. He didn't know whether Jesus would or not. See, doubt's not a bad thing. Unbelief is what's bad. See, you doubt when you just don't know. But when you have the information that he will, and then you won't believe, that's not doubt, that's unbelief. That's disobedience. So here you have, again, sickness and forgiveness of sins lumped together here. Now, come with me back over to uh, Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. In other words, don't forget any of them. Oh, yes, he'll save you. He'll forgive your sins. In fact, they're already forgiven. We just have to receive the divine favor now offered us. But don't forget about the healing. It's already been done, too. He bore our sickness and carried our diseases. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thine diseases. Now, you can't separate it. When he forgave the iniquities, he healed the diseases. When did that happen? At Calvary. It's a finished work. Jesus is not going to suffer anymore. He's not going to suffer one more stripe. Jesus does not have to suffer anymore for every sinner to be saved. It's a finished work. Go with me to Luke's gospel, the fifth chapter. Verse 17, it came to pass on a certain day that as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by and come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, a man brought in a bed which was taken with Paul's in, they sought means by which to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop, let him down through the tiling. 
with his couch in the midst of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now, isn't that a strange thing to say to a man that's come for healing? What's the problem? Here's a man that is probably condemned over his sins. When your heart condemns you, your faith won't work. He saw their faith. The fellows that had brought him there had faith. He must have had some faith. They wouldn't let him carry him up on the housetop. <laughs> the first thing Jesus said, said, Man, thy sins be forgiven you. And boy, the Jews got the scribes and the Pharisees get, began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemy? Who can forgive sin but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason you in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Rise and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick and palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house. Because it's the same suffering that wrought forgiveness of sins and healing for his body. If he can get that sin consciousness off of him, he can get him healed. See, so many times people think, well, you know, I know I haven't done right, and I know I, know I lost my temper the other day, so I don't guess God will heal me. Your sins are forgiven you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you get rid of the un, what's left? Righteousness. Don't let sin consciousness keep your faith making a demand on God's provision. See, God's already provided. But so many times Christians are trying to talk God into doing something he's already done. Years ago. Nearly 2,000 years ago. Now you see Jesus in Mark's Gospel, the uh, fifth chapter. A very classic example of a woman making a demand on God's provision. Let's start verse 22. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, when he saw him, he fell at his feet, besought him greatly, saying, My daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had issue of blood twelve years, had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind. Now, what do you suppose she heard about Jesus? She heard he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and healing power. Now, how did we know? How did the people know that Jesus was anointed? Now, hold your place there. Go with me to Acts 10. Now, we read where Jesus stood up in the synagogue and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me with the Holy Ghost healing power. Now, let's read here from verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth, said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. For in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, which began at Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. After Jesus stood up and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Now he's referring to Jesus preaching this same sermon that we just read in Luke 4, 18, He's referring to Jesus preaching this same sermon. Now, it's not recorded everywhere. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, he's saying here that Jesus preached this sermon throughout all Galilee. He would go into a city and he'd say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. If they would believe in that anointing, then when they touched him or he touched them, the healing anointing of God would flow out of him and flow into them. He did not necessarily control that anointing. It was faith that made a demand on God's provision. Now, the provision has been made. We've read it. It happened at Calvary. Jesus bore our sickness. He carried our sorrows. He bore our sickness. He bore our pain. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Is that present tense or past tense? Here again, you have another scripture. That's about five scriptures now that links healing and forgiveness of sins all together because it was the same suffering that suffered them all. We could say it was in the atonement, but atonement is an Old Testament word. The New Testament word is redemption, remitted, done away with, remove the handwriting from the note. If you went down to the bank to pay a note, a mortgage, and the banker got it out and said, well, there's no handwriting on this note. You don't owe anything. There's no signature on this note. Whoo, glory. <laughs> Jesus renewed the handwriting from the note. But deliverance from sickness and disease and from iniquities was the same suffering that delivered us from them. It was a threefold curse upon the earth. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. We know he was made a curse for us. Now, see, under the old covenant, when they did away with the law, they wrote it, a sign, and nailed it to a post. That's what he's talking about. Nailed it to the cross. Jesus did away with the curse of the law. So sickness... What is sickness? Death started in the body, and if you don't get rid of it, it will kill you. Yeah. I mean, some sicknesses will. Yeah. It's really death started in the body. So he redeemed us from the curse, poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. We redeemed from it. The thing that redeemed us was the suffering of Jesus. It's already accomplished. There's nothing else to be done. It's a finished work. At Calvary. Now, you see in the scriptures then that Jesus went about and he preached this sermon. In fact, he told Brother Hagin, he appeared to Brother Hagin several times, and one time he talked to him for an hour and a half. He told him, he said, I preached this sermon almost everywhere I preached. And he said, if they'd believe in that anointing, then that anointing would flow into them and heal their bodies. Now, see, we get a wrong mentality sometimes by not studying the scriptures more closely. God bless you. We do appreciate the fact that you joined us for the broadcast today, and I trust you've been blessed as we've taught on making a demand on God's provision for healing. Now, all of this week we have CD offer number 7124, 
Single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling. Total of $11. Now, it's the CD that you've heard right here on the broadcast. It was done in a live seminar. Do you realize that you have to make a demand on what God has provided for you? You know, you have a bank account downtown. Have you noticed that you don't get any money unless you make a demand on it? But you know, there's so many people that think that if it's God's will for them to be healed, they'll just be healed. And they just kind of drift along and say, well, if it be the Lord's will. Well, if you were to say that about your bank account, if it was the Lord's will, they'd send me some money. Then you would suffer poverty and you'd probably starve because you could starve and have thousands of dollars in the bank and not have any groceries. You have to make a demand on it. It's the same way with the healing promises in the Word of God. You have to make a demand on Him. You know, you could have faith and not be healed. That's very evident from the Scriptures. In the 14th chapter of Acts, verse 8, it says, There sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. But he wasn't healed. He's still a cripple. And Paul said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. The point I wanted to make is the fact that the man had faith to be healed. The Scripture says that he did. Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. But he had not acted on that faith, and he was not healed. So when Paul just hollered with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet, he jumped up before he knew he couldn't do it. I mean, his carnal mind didn't have time to shut it down. You need this single CD for a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.